Hey, this is Chelsea Perry. Welcome to Tame the Circus Brain. Hey, this is our fourth round of question and answer with the podcast. It has been a really fun process getting to get into your head and see what you're thinking about and answer your questions and your feedback has really got me so excited. It's just an incredible thing to think about you listening from all over the world in England, Africa, Kosovo. It's just very encouraging and it's fun to get to be in on life together and to get to answer your questions. Today, actually, I'm coming from a suburban driving home from a road trip with a bunch of friends. We just took a trip and had a great time at a conference and had a really good experience. And I'm getting to record with all of them in the van. Everybody say hi. Hi. (laughs) So we are not alone. It's pretty fun. Okay, so I'm gonna dive into your questions and we're just gonna play it business as usual. Okay, here we go. What is your favorite childhood memory? I really had an awesome upbringing. I feel like my parents are very nurturing with creativity and provided a big opportunity and atmosphere for me to be expressive and kind of free as a kid. And of course, I didn't grow up in the technology uh, stuff until I was a little bit older. That didn't happen in my youth youth. So I remember riding bikes and catching butterflies and that kind of climbing tree kind of life. And I'm so thankful for that. So I think that it, it wasn't one specific memory, but it's just the summer kind of childhood that I'm so thankful that I grew up with the conversations with creativity kind of life where you are always in a costume and always developing some new character or new idea. And that was really normal. We didn't have um, iPads and stuff, which is probably ludicrous to some of you listening, but that's just how I grew up. It was really fun and a lot of free play with my brother, Taylor. My dad paved an area at our house and we got to ride our bikes down this hill and it was probably really dangerous and super fun. And I'm really thankful for that kind of outdoor life and the simplicity that I think created a lot of space in my mind and heart to nurture creativity. I think that that is probably why I do a lot of the things that I do is because of the way I was raised with that space to create. I'm very thankful for that. Do you prefer chocolate or vanilla? Chocolate, eight days a week. How many diets have you done? (laughs) A thousand. (laughs) I love when I found the term biohacking. Biohacking is basically people addicted to diets. Biohacking is when people try new things with their bodies and see how their bodies respond to certain things. Bulletproof coffee is a perfect example. People go on these trends of like a keto diet, a high fat diet, intermittent fasting, or different experiments with their bodies. And they call it biohacking, which I think is hilarious because it's just a great way to say, try a lot of diets. Uh, But I have a whole group of friends that do this and it's really fun. Like, what are you on now? What are you trying now? And so that's fun. And of course, health is the goal. Of course, eating things from the earth that your body recognizes that's not full of toxicity or processed a million times where your body doesn't even know what to do with it is the goal. But trying new approaches to it is always a form of entertainment. Pretty hilarious. Okay, how do you keep yourself fit and what is your plan? Okay, well, right in theme. First of all, thank you for saying I'm fit. Second of all, (laughs) that's from a good friend of mine, so that's funny. I work to just do what I can every day. 
I go through different seasons. I've done CrossFit. I've done Barry's Boot Camp. I've done not P90X. You guys saw my celebration on social media when I completed P90X a couple months ago, uh, which is like a 90-day intense at-home workout program. So I've gone through lots of different seasons. I think the biggest thing for me is I like change. I really appreciate a new approach, and I really like to keep it interesting and fun. And so I just try to always do something that's keeping me excited about doing it. So like this morning, I woke up at the hotel. I had my uh, some weights, and I did a, a video on my phone before I got in the car because I thought, well, maybe my body could be working to improve while we're sitting in the car for 5,000 hours, you know? So I just do what I can as I'm going. Cause you know, life definitely doesn't accommodate our goals. We have to make our goals happen. And so that's what I'm trying and endeavoring to do all the time is to just strategize for the season I'm in. Okay. Here's another question. What instrument would you like to learn that you haven't learned yet? Definitely the drums. I think it's so cool when girls play the drums. Uh, my sister-in-law, Megan, plays the drums, and I think it's just one of those things that every time I see a chick drummer, I'm like, man, that would be so fun to learn how to play the drums. Uh, would you ever dye your hair? If so, what color? Uh, I have bright red hair, and if I didn't have red hair, I would dye my hair every color because my sister gets to do that. She has pink hair, blue hair gray hair on purpose, <laughs> which my mom still doesn't understand. Um, but she'll like dye it all the colors. And I think that that is such a fun thing. But um, red kind of goes with my thing. So I just keep it. But I think that would be really fun to, to go to have black hair and white hair and all the colors. I think that would be a blast. Out of all your hobbies, what is your favorite? That's a hard one. I think that all the different expressions of creativity that I've worked to develop all serve me in different areas. And so I think my art is something that uh, has become very therapeutic, but I've turned it into a business. So I don't know that it's a hobby as much anymore, but I still do create and paint for the heart of it. I, I make sure to keep it that way because that's what I tend to do, whatever my hobby is, I turn it into a business and then it no longer brings pleasure. And so I have had to watch that to make sure that I'm still writing songs, that I'm still creating with all my different elements so that they don't become just a job and laborious and lose their spark. And so I think my art is still my favorite hobby and I've had to work for that. I started doing commissioned artwork, which changed my art for me. It changed the, uh, the way it feels and the approach when people would ask for specific things because I no longer was just being able to express myself. And so I've just learned how to keep it all alive in me because that's more important than it being a business is that it serves me well emotionally, creatively, and just with the whole experience and atmosphere. So I work to try to keep them all fresh. And I do that by maintaining a love for it, keeping a fire for it, introducing a new tool, going to get a new paintbrush, you know, just keeping it fresh. Do you have any pets? Yes, I do. Do you have your own house? Yes, I do. <laughs> I bought a house about a year ago and, and I live there. I live in my little house. A funny story about my house is that I actually bought my house without seeing it. I, uh, I don't, 
I'm not big into stuff. It's just stuff is not important to me. Things aren't important to me. Cars, houses, they just have never been significant. It's more important to me who I'm with and the atmosphere or environment I'm in more than the stuff I'm surrounded by. And so as long as I was in a safe environment, about 15 minutes away from my family and my community, then that was what I was looking for. And if it wasn't too much for me to handle, And so I just went ahead and bought it without looking at it. (laughs) I think that says a lot about my personality. Actually, there's a friend of mine that had a house in the same neighborhood. So I was familiar with her layout. And so that helped. What is your favorite print that you've ever designed? That's like picking children. It's like choosing colors in a crayon box of my favorite. I love all of the prints. It's interesting because the art that I create is with me for a season. It's almost like dating somebody. It's like, oh, I remember that green. (laughs) That was with me for that time. We were together in that season when we were with those colors and with that, you know, those shapes. And so they all are almost like measurements of time to me, those different designs. But I love, you know, I love all the bright colors. I did one for the Tone It Up girls. I painted a, a beach painting for them uh, that I really loved. That was really fun. But it was more them than me. You know, it was all turquoise and beachy pinks. And they loved it. That was a fun experience, having them reposted and having all the Tone It Up girls ar- around that. That was fun. But I don't know. They all have different things I love about them for different reasons. I think it's fun. Okay. What's your number one tip for connecting with strangers slash winning over the room? I think approach everything with a genuine motive. I think if, you, if you're coming at the room trying to get something out of it, like a networking opportunity or a phone number or a, some kind of deal, that all can be felt very obviously. And it makes things sticky. But when you are in the room with people and you aren't trying to get something from them, it sets the stage for genuine opportunities to happen. I think that most of the collaborations, most of the relationships that have come out of really unique conversations have happened from me just having a human experience with somebody. And then all of a sudden you're like, who are you? You're so interesting. Where did you come from? And they're all based on truth. And moving those agendas, all the like formulaic approach to the pyramid scheming or the advanced networking stuff. I feel like if you eliminate all of that from your filter, then you can have a human experience with somebody. And that sensitivity is what opens the door to a more genuine encounter. And I think that that is really important. I also think you never approach somebody with what you can get from them or what they could give to you. You always approach it with what you can offer somebody or what you can bring to the conversation. And this is where a healthy exchange has happened in my life. I just had an experience last night with my friends that I've been friends with for almost 20 years. And it's just an amazing thing. The more laps we do together, there's such a deep comfort and ease with there being no agenda. There's no agenda in the room. No one's trying to get a deal out of someone and so what happens is there's such a depth that you go to because no one's on guard protecting themselves from what someone's trying to pull and I think that that is so important and it's so rare so many people are after their own they're always self-seeking which 
I get that. I get that we are together to build relationships and to build opportunity, but genuine opportunity comes from a place of real true kindness and love and not from a place of trying to get something from somebody. It's so much nicer to be given something than to take it. And so I think that it's it's just an important thing to create an opportunity for that. Also, I think that when you walk into a room, start hosting. Start hosting the experience. Whenever I'm at a party where I don't know people or I feel awkward, I just start hosting the event. And I realize there's more there's people that feel a lot more awkward than I do in the room. And so when I start offering to get people water and I start just pretending like I'm hosting the event, it puts people at ease and they end up coming to me going, hi, where's the bathroom? I'm like, I don't know. Let's find it together. And it gives me a job and it helps me as a tool and sort of a weapon if I feel awkward or uncomfortable in a, in a situation. What book are you currently reading or have you recently read and recommend? Well, I always have a stack of books. I'm always backed up in, in my uh, supply of what I want to read. I ask, like my brain trust, a group of people that are, I find them constantly advancing themselves. I always ask them what they're reading and I just automatically put their books on my list. So I have one right now. I can't remember. It's like the starfish and the spider or something like that. And my friend just recommended that. So that one I'm like three pages into. <laughs> it's riveting. <laughs> But it's so far so good, but I can't recommend it yet because I haven't read it. And then I'm always listening to podcasts and audiobooks. I just watched a TED Talk last night about how to manage your time, like how to do better with your private time. And that was really interesting. And she just talked about being intentional and prioritizing. Like you have a lot more time than you think you do, but you just have to prioritize what matters most. And the girl had a cool idea. She said, if you wrote yourself an evaluation for the last year of, you know, the top three things of your performance that you achieved, what would be on that list in your personal life and in your career? And I thought that was really interesting. And she said, you can come up with six to 10 things that could be your goals. And so during your private time, you try to aim yourself towards those things to make sure you accomplish them. And I thought that was good. It's a simple, intriguing, straightforward way to actually apply your hand at specific goals. So, well, this was really fun. I'm really glad that we did this question answer and I definitely want to revisit it. And guys, we're coming up to a year of me podcasting. What a privilege it's been for me to get to be in your homes, in your cars, in your families, in your parenting, in your marriages. I can't believe I've been invited into your life and I feel really thankful and I have a lot more on my heart that's coming up that I'm working on that I can't wait to share with you. Thank you so much for tuning in and I'll be back to talk more soon. Mm -hmm.